X-Ray. And welcome to the Beervana Show, broadcast in Portland on X-Ray FM and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. You're at home? Yes, I am uh, here at my nerve center. Studio One? Yeah, Studio One. <laughs> Studio One. Um, it, it, it almost seems like a, a just a, a pleasant dream that we once had a studio, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of vaguely recall the studio. I'm here in Studio One A, about, uh, I don't know, what am I, three, four miles away from your house? Sure. Uh, which is which is adequately socially distant. <laughs> certainly more is. Than, more than six feet apart. Yes. Uh, uh, so far we know, so far as we know, coronavirus can't be transmitted across the internet. So that should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Summer is upon us. Summer is upon us. You know, summer has the effect uh, on my brain of uh, making it kind of go squishy and uh, it feels like a, a slack time, which I don't particularly love. I know everybody else loves summer. Right? It's not my favorite time, but um, you ask questions like that, and my mind just goes, Ugh. Yeah, summer gets really weird at my house because I'm a professor and I don't work in the summer. I'm on a nine month contract. I mean, I don't work, I don't have uh, uh, university duties. Right. Uh, my wife is a teacher, so she has summer off, uh, a grade school teacher. And then I have two. Uh, teenage boys who are both in school. So they also have summer off. So summer becomes this incredibly amorphous sort of uh, period without any real definition in terms of schedules. Well, it can, depending, but largely we're, we don't have schedules and oh my goodness. I don't know if you're hearing that, but that was, I got some weird ghost in the machine. Yeah, I did hear that. (laughs) I hope our listeners did because that was pretty cool. So welcome from the other side (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, spirit of the netherworld, <laughs> join us. Anyway, so so summer becomes just this sort of blob of, you know, sometimes we've got stuff going on, sometimes we don't, and often I forget what day of the week it is and even what time of day it is. It's just, it gets kind of crazy. Uh, it's good when there's actually structure. I I prefer structure. Well, it's it's less than a month away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> so you are Jeff Allworth. You write about beer. You've written books. Beer Bible is one. Wimmer Way is another. Secrets of Master Brewers is a third. Soon we'll have the update to the Beer Bible. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Soon in publishing terms. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. not, not the quite, next five years. <laughs> that's right. Not quite around the corner in terms of- You were of, talking about time is, you know, just sort of blunt. Yeah, Maybe it, by it, the end of coronavirus. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that's exactly about when it'll come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I got the first pages of edits back. So, we're it's, oh, it's really? going- Yeah, it's going forward. Yeah. So, things are happening. You mean there's still editors in the world? There are. At Workman Publishing. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have a, a I have to say Workman is a great publisher and uh, I I always admire the work they do so this is cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. You, you know that I have my my open source textbook out now and I challenge people it won't be a hard challenge to oh welcome <laughs> welcome back spirit of the netherworld. <laughs> yeah, do you think that's you or me? No, actually I think that's our upcoming guest who's trying to log in. Oh, really? Yes, because it's popping up here on our little uh, Zencaster, in case anyone wants to know our high-tech system. I did not – I can't see our guest here. No, it's gone now. But when the spirit from the netherworld comes, it might actually be our guest. We'll introduce presently. 
Indeed. Oh, well, that's that's exciting. Uh, yes. Anyway, what we're going to say is that uh, about half of it got professionally edited and about half of it didn't. So you can, <laughs> for those of you who are really interested, you can go see my textbook and decide which is which. <laughs> nice. Probably pretty obvious. Then yeah. you, in other words, in other words, editors are fantastic. I, miss yeah. editors. I wish there were more editors, especially these days. I'm a big supporter of newspapers, <laughs> right. um, but local newspapers are so poor that they're barely surviving. And basically it's, you know, as far as I can tell, it's like 22 year old recent journal journalism school grads who come and work for about a year until they get a PR job and they have to, <laughs> they, they, self, money? they self publish, they self edit, they do all that stuff. And it's kind of obvious. Yes. Well, if you're if the folks out there are wondering what kind of textbook this might be, uh, you are Patrick Emerson. You're a professor of economics at Oregon That's State right. University, and that book right. is some kind of uh, economic text. <laughs> Intermediate microeconomics text. There, there we go. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was micro, but then I thought, oh, I'm not even sure about that. So <laughs> I just punted on the whole. You thing. might you might still not be sure after you read it, which is sad. <laughs> I'm sure it's delightful. But, uh, oh yeah, it's a page turner. You should all download it and read it at bedtime in case you have problems sleeping. Uh, indeed. All right. Well, because our our guest is trying to join us from the <laughs> from the other side, maybe we got to talk about uh, what we're going to do today. Yeah, let's do that. So today we're going to continue to indulge our sense of wanderlust, even though we're pinned down during the coronavirus in our respective houses. We're going to do the second of our virtual tours that take us this time to Chicago, uh, which was until a decade ago, a real backwater in the beer world. Things have changed, however, and Shalonda White, aka the Afro Beer Chick, is going to give us the lowdown on why the Windy City is now one of the country's best. So as we talked about before, we did San Diego a few weeks ago. We can't physically travel, so we're going to virtually travel by talking to a local expert and uh, getting a sense of the beer scene. So we'll do Chicago today. Yeah, I'm excited about this, both because well, you and I both have a, a bit of a connection to Chicago, and it did used to be really terrible, and it is really cool now, and I don't, I have not kept up on all the cool stuff. So that's that's part of the fun. The other part of the fun is we're getting to talk to, and I've tried to select people who we don't know, we haven't talked to before, and right. we can get to know them. And so I, uh, listen, we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we introduce her, but I've become a big fan of Shalanda's uh, podcast, and so I was, I was thinking, ooh, She's from Chicago. We should get her on the horn and have a virtual tour with her and then get to know her a little bit better. So I'm excited to talk to her and hear about Chicago. Yeah, that was some good thinking. Well, thank you. Every now <laughs> and again, you know, a blind squirrel and a nut and all that. <laughs> all right. So we will do that soon. But first, of course, we have to give you the news. Honestly, there's not a ton of news, and what there is seems to be grim. So today we offer you something entirely offbeat. On August 3rd, Jill Karofsky set out on a 100-mile run in Wisconsin. She managed to finish the Odyssey in 34 hours, remarkable enough, but made a special stop at mile 35. The reason? She was sworn in as the latest member of state Supreme Court. The site of the swearing-in? Dots Tavern in Basco, outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, it's Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, uh, something to lighten the mood. All of that. I read that story and I thought something about this is just super thrilling. I, I, I found it really interesting and 
anyway, and then I got to the bit about Dots Tavern, and it's like, man, this is the most Wisconsin story ever. Yeah, because Jill was uh, who won in a very close race uh, was the um, Democrat who was running for state Supreme Court. Okay, I didn't know anything about this, so you can enlighten wow, us. Wow, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a big news because Wisconsin, as a lot of these states, are very divided. Sort of, there's an urban-rural divide. Madison and Milwaukee are quite liberal, progressive. Milwaukee is famously uh, progressive from time immemorial, practically. Uh, big, you know, a big player in the in the labor movement of the um, the 1930s, and it's where the Progressive Party got started. That's right. Uh, so lots of there's lots of division in in Wisconsin politics. Um, and so this was a very close race, and it made a big deal about the balance, sort of the political balance on the state Supreme Court. Uh, but that's that's not the point. The point is Dots Tavern. Dots Tavern. <laughs> Where else in Wisconsin would you swear in a Supreme Court justice than a local tavern? Exactly. That's beautiful. <laughs> and the fact that it's called Dots Tavern is even better. It's true. It seems <laughs> it's very perfect. That's a cool thing about uh, Wisconsin is the dive bar is alive and well. The, it's a, a place where people go out drinking. Yeah, at first I thought or I did. I read this, you know, as I was speaking, but I thought it may be Dottie Dumpling's Dowry in Madison, but not quite. No, not quite. So, M- Madison, my hometown. Yeah, yeah. You have many mon- hometowns and home countries, but this is one of them. <laughs> That's one of them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we turn to the main topic and let the ghost out of the machine? Yeah. So we'll we'll figure out the technical the technical uh, difficulties here. We'll get. Shalanda on the horn, and we'll be right back. All right, and now it's time to turn to our main topic, and that is our virtual beer tour of uh, Chicago. And to lead us on our tour, uh, we are welcoming Shalanda White. Shalanda lives, writes, podcasts, and drinks in Chicago. She tried her first craft beer in 2009 when her husband offered her a bottle of Goose Island Sophie and became a beer fan soon after. In 2011, she started the Chicago chapter of Girls Pint Out and has blogged about beer since 2017. This year, she began a podcast called This Chick Talks Beer that has quickly become one of the best listens in beer. Hey, guys. Welcome, Shalanda. Thank you. <laughs> Does that all sound oh. correct? That's Jeff, by the way. I was That's like, all man, his words. So. Amazing. Who's this woman? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you do sound amazing. Uh, I listen to your podcast, and uh, that's that's my impression too. So I wanted to make sure we uh, we caught everything. <laughs> yeah, welcome. So uh, we are doing this thing where we have somebody give us a tour of a city, and you are in Chicago, Ohio. Illinois, uh, home of the Chicago Bears, which we won't talk anything about that <laughs> as Packer fans. But uh, I forgive you. You know. Uh, yeah, we forgive you too. <laughs> uh, but I would love before we before we get to Chicago, I would love to hear a little bit about you. The thing that we mentioned, I just listened to your most recent podcast, and the thing that you mentioned about your your start of with with craft beer has something connected to uh, my own. Uh, relationship with my wife. So will you tell us that story? That was a super cool and uh, charming story about how you got into beer. Okay, so Nick, who's also um, has his thing with Chicago Beer Geeks and Chicago Beer Pads, and I'm sorry for any background noise. Um, It's crazy over here. But um, my at the time we were dating, we had just started today. Actually, it was like maybe like our second or third date by this time. 
And he gives me a bottle of Goose Island Sophie. He's like, here, try this. And he's like, this is beer. So I tried it. And I'm like, this isn't beer. This isn't like the Heineken or the Corona or anything that I was used to. And it was really good. And it, was, it had a lot of flavor to it. And from then, I just started chasing beer. And right around the time we were dating, he we had started dating. He had started with Chicago. He had co-founded ChicagoBeerGeeks.com. So just, you know, his as his path started to grow, I was his plus one to a lot of beer events. So I'm tasting different beers. I'm hanging out with the guys. And then I'm like, okay, I'm hanging out with too many guys. Where are the ladies at, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I started searching for the ladies. And then I came across uh, Girls, Girls Paint Out. They had a, you might as well say a national chapter because at that time, it's like they had chapters all over the place. Um, they didn't have one. Well, they didn't have one in Chicago at that time. So I asked them, "Hey, can I start one here in Chicago?" And he was like, "Go for it." So I did that for a couple of years, and then Nick, you know, he he helped me along the way. He was my photographer, you know, for a lot of the things that we've done, and um, you know, he helped educate me on the beer. And then at the time, my girls um, were still young. So, you know, it's kind of hard to go out and party and still be a parent, you know. Mm -hmm. So I had to step back for a little while. And now that I'm a semi-empty nester, I have, you know, one daughter at the house. And I have one who's almost out the house. You know, she's in high school. So it's like, yeah, I can get back to drinking again. So (laughs) I started, uh, I mean, I never really dropped off the scenes. I was still going to events with him. But I kind of just started my own personality in like 2017 my co-worker you know sitting at work doing absolutely nothing and it was like hey Shalanda why don't you start you know your own thing because you know you talk a lot about beer you know a lot about beer I said yeah 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 he said you know what you should call yourself Afro Beer Jack and I'm like like what the hell and I was like you know what I can deal with that you know because <laughs> at the time when he said it I had my Afro out it was huge <laughs> He was like, yeah, because you have this this afro and you talk about beer. He said, and plus you have a big ass mouth because I'm always going off at something about work. I said, you know what? You're right. So that just kind of took off. And I didn't expect for it to grow as much as it did. So funny. It's, it's so funny because like my husband and I, we talk now. It's like, now he's my plus one. I asked him, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Right. You know, so now the tables have turned and he loves it. He, you know, he gets a kick out of it. So he just, he's like an Ike and Tina, but without the the other side of Argentina, you All know. Right, right. <laughs> we don't happy do that part. <laughs> the happy Argentina, you know, the touring <laughs> Argentina. So it's like he just kind of in the background, just let me do my thing, and he's been here for a while. So I have we have fun with it. That's cool. I mean, a lot of times, uh, couples there's usually uh, one beer person and one person who's maybe not totally into beer. So that's kind of unusual. Oh, yeah, to be it's, both it's into fun, beer. especially like when you get to go on to buy beer, you know. And, you know, I, like there is no, I mean, we, we started off with a beer budget, but you know, that just like, it's like whatever at this point. So I, I always tease them. I said, it must be kind of dope to have a wife who's not going to fuss at you about constantly buying beer. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, cause I'm just as bad. I'm bad <laughs> That's <yet."> true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I have to tell you, uh, I, I'm going to crash your, your your intro here and just say my my relationship with my wife uh, was we were at grad school in Wisconsin together and we went to Chicago. We stayed overnight and we went to a pub. It was in the middle of winter. It was January and it was in one of those classic Chicago cold snaps that was below zero without the wind chill, just 
like below zero. Most of the town was shut down, but we found a little pub and they had Guinnesses. And we started drinking Guinnesses and our friendship turned into something more in Chicago in January. And now we're married. So uh, <laughs> I know how beers can uh, make a relationship change. And, uh, oh, wow. Apparently that can happen. Uh, apparently Chicago is the place where it happens. I'm not sure why that is, but Chicago is like uh, but you know the what Paris what's of America. I actually, our very first date, um, we hung out with his brother and his wife. And it was Halloween. It was actually Halloween. We went up to Duffy's and the first stout I had was a Guinness. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it then, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not into this one. Yeah, well, you know, we all like our different beers. So why don't we turn to Chicago and you can tell us uh, a little bit about your hometown and the beer there. Um Oh, actually, the one last thing I want to talk to you about is in a recent podcast, you talked about a group of beer fans you called the syndicate or somebody calls the syndicate, which you're a member of. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell us about okay, the syndicate. So that the sounds syndicate fun. Is, we're a family. We, we don't even because we don't we're not just friends. We're a family. So that came about last year. Uh, Fresh Fest. Um, we didn't know each other. And, you know, I had never been to Fresh Fest. Fresh Fest was is was in his second year and I found out about it in February. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to this, you know, all black beer fest. I'm going to celebrate this. So, you know, of course, you know, the buzz started coming around and then someone, you know, said, hey, is anybody interested in, you know, sharing a house, you know, for Fresh Fest? And I was like, yeah, I'm down because I really didn't want to stay with my cousin and all that. So yeah, I'm down. So it was like a bunch of us just kind of jumped on and we shared this house and had this amazing weekend. There was no drama. And like, we talked like every day and we support each other. You know, we, 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 we're family. And so we call, we call ourselves the syndicate. So it's, it's a group of us and it's, it's been nothing but love. I love those guys. And I wish we could have gone to Fresh Fest this year so I could have seen them. Yeah. And, uh, they're scattered all over the country or. Yes. Yeah, so you have three of them. We have like Pastor Hops James and Phil and Ale from Brewing Change Collab and Nazreen. They're all in Minnesota. Then you have Brandon Black Beer Travelers. He's in San Diego. Then I'm here in Chicago. And then we have Eugenia and her sister Ashley who are um, in North Carolina. And then you have Eric Uncap Everything who is in uh, Virginia. And you also have uh, with Nikki. She's also... Um, in Virginia. Very cool. It's uh, it's it's cool to hear these groups of people who have uh, interests that are outside the, let's say, bearded white male uh, uh, <laughs> sector uh, who are getting engaged in, in beer and expanding it. I think it's fantastic for everybody. Uh, we like to see more people being drawn to beer. So it was a really cool story to hear oh. that. And I encourage people to listen to that podcast that uh, – that Shalonda did. Um, it's that you said you guys sound like you had a lot of fun, and uh, I I was envious that I was not hanging out with you. Uh, and, you know, and I can't forget uh, Mickey, who's also Black and Blue Chicago. She's also here in Chicago as well. So yeah, it's it's, it's a fun group. I love those guys. Yeah, it sounds like a great group. All right, well, let's turn to Chicago then. Um, Chicago is a big area. In fact. It's often referred to as Chicago land because it includes, you know, a bunch of suburbs and stretches out over a lot of northern Illinois. If people wanted to get their heads around where the good beer in Chicago was or where the different locations were, uh, yeah, where would you tell them to go? Like, how would you 
describe the city in, in terms of its physical geography? See, it's so funny because when I get that question, my first question back, I can't just answer it right off the bat. My first question is, what part of Chicago are you coming from? Chicago has, within the city, we're not even talking about Chicago land. We're talking about just within the city limits of Chicago. There are 77 different neighborhoods. And in each neighborhood, you're going to get something different. Like where I live, I live in Rogers Park, which is the furthest north point of Chicago. I'm like one block over from Evanston, which is the next sub, which is the suburb closest to me. Okay. Then you go far south to the south suburbs, you get to like 130th before it turns into uh, the south suburban area, which is where I'm originally from. Um, so I have to ask, like, what part of Chicago? So if you're going to tell me you're going to be like downtown, you're going to be South Loop, then because each each area has like its own brewery and they're all dope, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're going to hit, like, but, you know, you said, hey, I'm coming downtown Chicago. So, okay, fine. Now I know you come downtown Chicago. Are you are you taking public transportation or are you taking a lift or what was going on? Are you driving? Because then I can tell you, you, you know, the city is your oyster. You can hit up, you know, anywhere. But if you're going to, if you try to keep it close, I'll say hit up Mars or Low Res or Lulu. That's like the the, the southern. Um, that's like the South Loopish Pilsen area. If you want to go like northwest, like West Loop, you got Goose Island. You have you know um, mid mid Midwest Coast Brewing. You have yeah, even Finches over there. It's just yeah, you're gonna get some of everything. And if you want to come to like the Avalon Logan era, you have Revolution. You have Maplewood, and then you come up by me. You have. Uh, have acre. It's just we just it's so much spread out throughout the city. So tell us about your neighborhood. Then let's start there. Uh, Rogers Park is that what you called it? Yes. Uh, what what's the dope brewery in Rogers Park? See, Rogers Park. Honestly, as of right now, do I'm in a brewery dead zone. As far oh, as no. Actual breweries, yeah. As far <laughs> as actual breweries in my actual neighborhood. However, there's a small brew pub uh, called Peckish Pig. That's actually, that's considered to be Evanston, which is like down the street and around the corner. Gotcha. From where I, you know, from where I live at. But I live in, if honestly, the most diverse part of the city. And this part of the city, you have some in every culture like my daughter she graduated um from you know eighth grade you know in the uh you know junior high and in about 640 kids in that whole school they had 80 different cultures wow it's just very diverse so but as far as beer wise i can always hop to you know half acre i can hop to i can i can be a revolution in 15 20 minutes well, shouts out to like John Carruthers who just drops it off at my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and now they have uh, well, Sketchbook is also very close to me. There's one in Addison, and now they just put one in Skokie. And then we have Unani slash Hubbard's Cave, which they just move a little bit closer to me. They're in Nile. So yeah, I may have to drive a little bit, maybe like a 10, 15 minute drive, but it's not too bad. It's. I, I will encourage people who are listening to this to pull up their Google Maps and look at this while uh, Shalonda talks because I'm looking at it and it's. Uh, it's all these places are very clear when when you describe them. You're looking at a map. They're sort of the area north of uh, the the 
the northern district of where Chicago ends. Tell us a little bit about the drinking culture of Chicago. Uh, you know, some cities, every place now has good beer, but some cities are predominantly, you know, like Northern California, there's a lot of people drink a lot of wine. Uh, places on the East Coast, people drink mostly uh, spirits and cocktails. Uh, beer is not as popular. What's Chicago like? Oh, we're luscious. We drink everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, again, that goes according to which neighborhood you in. Because again, you get something totally different. You know, you have your beer people. I mean, you have your wines, and then you have your mixed cocktails, and then you have the ones that just drink whatever is considered to be alcohol in the bottle. So, <laughs> it's um, we're very diverse here, and that's what I love about it. You know, we have some amazing, not only amazing breweries, and we have some amazing. Um, we actually have some really cool distilleries here. You know, we have a lot of uh, bourbon uh, bars that are great as well. So it's all, you kind of get whatever, whatever you're, whatever tickles your fancy, you're going to find it here in Chicago. Chicago is Chicago. Am I right to think that Chicago has a lot of kind of classic neighborhood bars? Uh, it's got a robust group of, of small, like independent bars. Is that true? Oh yeah, that's very true. I mean, it caters, you have a lot of these bars that come into these neighborhoods and they are specifically for their neighborhood. They know their clientele, they know that neighborhood. And not only are they serving them, you know, you know, as far as, you know, of course, a gain of, you know, profit, but they actually, they actually also invest in those neighborhoods as well. So Mm -hmm. this is why they, you know, continue to prosper. So like right now, we're going through the pandemic and bars are, you know, threatening to be closed or losing business. That's why you have so much of the community rallying around, you know, behind those bars to help keep them open. Yeah. Uh, how is the, let's have a, our, our pandemic moment. How, how is it affecting, how's the pandemic affecting uh, the cities? Are you guys open? Like what, uh, we're mainly thinking of this in the in the best of times, but like for, for right now, uh, are, are, yeah, are the bars open? Are breweries open? What's What's going on? Well, we our our situation just changed again last Friday. Where if you're not serving food, you cannot be open. Okay. And that hit that hit a lot of uh, bottle shops who serve, you know, who tap pretty hard. You know, like promiscuous. I, you know, I'm really hoping that they pull through. We've had some some breweries to close, unfortunately. Here, um, we had a lot of bars to close here. Um, they, uh, the governor did allow, you know, uh, cocktails to go in a container and it contains still container. But honestly, these bars have been hit so hard. It's, it's hard for them to bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. I know breweries in a lot of places can, you know, they, they sell beer so they can do things like do takeaway and stuff. Can bars do anything? Is there outdoor seating? Is there, do they have any, any options? Yeah, if you have a patio and you're serving food, then yes, you can be open. Uh-huh. Um, before Friday, if you had a patio, um, you could be open. Um, you had to, and for those that didn't, you know, the the we were doing the curbside sales. You know, people, you know, order. You can place your order online, and you give about 15, 20 minutes, and you go pick it up, and they bring it to your car, or you, you come in. It's like a quick rotation. You're in and out, you know, but. It's, it's been a minute as far as, you know, in-house sitting for us. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, Patrick, you should, you, you know Chicago a little bit. Do you have any questions about the terrain or culture of Chicago before we move into the breweries? Well, the one question I was interested in was um, how the sort of the local tavern, neighborhood pubs 
feel about craft beer? Do you, uh, is it typical now for your, your typical tavern or pub to have, uh, a bunch of craft beer on tap or is it still low, uh, mostly, uh, macro brews? Well, the beauty about that is, is like our bar scene is so diverse. You have your, your bar, your bars that sells mostly like the macro beer, but then Mm -hmm. you have, we have some really awesome craft beer bars here. You know, like you have Sheffield's and you have the map room that focuses to make, that make sure they have a pretty damn good, you know, you know, tap, taplet, you know, so you can get either. Or, you know, some, and it also depends on which area. Like, for instance, if you go near uh, Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're, it's not, you're not going to really get too much of the craft beer because people just want to drink, you know, fast and cheap over in that area, especially when the Cubs are playing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm kind of surprised about that. Other, other parts of the uh, country, the local ballparks and stadiums have really embraced craft beer. I'm surprised to hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, before this all kicked off, um, even, you know, at Saks Park, because I would not call it Guarantee Rate Field. I just think that's just a stupid name. But <laughs> <laughs> Saks Park, you know, has started getting more. Um, they have a craft cake where you have, a, you know, a, a decent selection of craft beers. You know, they were really starting to amp up their offerings, which was dope. Like, it was pretty cool that, you know, you could sit at a, a White Sox game and drink on a hot butcher. That's dope. I'd rather have that than like a Miller's. <laughs> sure. Well, that, you know, that brings us to, I guess, kind of the OG of craft beer in Chicago. And also, I assume a, a brand that maybe has a dicey relationship to the city now, uh, Goose Island. Uh, how, because I assume that, you know, Anheuser-Busch can afford to put Goose Island wherever they want in the city. How, how, how does the city feel about Goose Island these days? You know what? It's so funny. Of course, you're going to get a lot of people talking mess about Goose Island, but I can guarantee you one thing. Let prop day happen or it, it's, it's, the line is out, you know, is, is crazy. You know, at the end of the day, even though they were bought out, Goose Island still has some banger status still that we still love as craft beer. Like, you know, people still love the the BCS, you know, the props, you know, looking forward to see what they're going to come out with. So... Yeah. And one thing I will say about Goose, and I can't say this about all of the brews that they bought, they still have, they may have been bought out by Big Beer, but that location, Goose Island with Todd and their brewers over there, they still have the small uh, brewing, you know, mentality of, you know, helping everybody out. Like the things that they do behind the scenes that they don't get recognition for it, you know, because they're not doing it for publicity. You know, the things that I've seen them do personally to help, you know, the lower income communities or, you know, people of color just to be doing it and not because of what's currently going on, but just actually doing it. So, you know, I, I'm never, I'm not knocking Goose. You know, you have a lot, honestly, Goose does, still does have a lot of love in the city, you know, despite, you know, what they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we have a, a brewery in, in uh, Portland called Widmer that uh, same thing. Uh, and in fact, they're going through the process of being bought by Anheuser-Busch right now. And, um, we have a similar kind of thing. I think people's relationship to Widmer here is a little bit more generous than it is to other in other places because they've been around 
uh, forever since the eighties, the same, same thing, been a part of the community. And it's, and if you know people at the brewery, they're just like people who are working at a brewery and you know them. So, uh, it's hard to think of them as, uh, as owned by somebody else if they're the same faces. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it plays, it plays a big part as to, you know, when you're bought out, how are you still treating the very people that kind of put you on the map? Yeah. And yeah. So uh, tell us uh, about other of the kind of the older pioneers of craft beer in Chicago. And, uh, you know, let's before we get to the new kids and the cool kids um, <laughs> who, who, you know, I mean, we know we know a few names, uh, Revolution and uh, yeah, Josh D and John Hall. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you have I know people consider like Michelle Foyt because of, you know, Yes, Iris was started a few years ago, but she was doing a lot behind the scenes. She helped, you know, Revolution and and get started and Goose Island. So I'm I'm considering her as an OG, you know, you know, in the you know in the brewing industry as well. Okay, and and I, I know so <laughs> we know Revolution outside of Chicago. Are they still considered a a brewery people admire and like? And um, would you recommend them for people who came to town? Oh, Revolution gets a lot of love. Revolution is is dope. I they are still they, they produce not only amazing beers but just their culture, you know, and what they do, you know, outside of their brewery. So yes, they're not only like they're loved, and I most definitely Revolution is always on my my go to list when I'm recommending people who are coming into the city. Say hey, want you run over there because they have some dope locations. Cool, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been to Chicago only a couple of times in recent years and uh, have not been to very many breweries. But I made it there, so that's good. I'm glad I, I made it to a good one. Who else? Who else is kind of the you know the the old the old school Chicago breweries people should be aware of? Oh my God, old old school that's been around for a while. I mean, ugh, like okay, what? What, in terms of time, what do you consider an old school? Well, Chicago's been. Has, we we mentioned this uh, in the before before we got got you on here that Chicago wasn't a great beer city until about a decade ago. Um, so, any, I would say anything that's ten years old, <laughs> consider is considered kind of old school for Chicago at this point. Oh well, um, let's see. You have like Metropolitan has celebrated their ten years. They're great with their loggers um mm. gosh. uh see this is where my senior moments are starting to kick in uh, plus i was drinking already um, <laughs> <laughs> um you have like i said you have metropolitan you have maplewood um we have so many it's kind of it's too many names off hand you know what i'm saying are you drinking something from chicago actually right now i'm not even drinking a beer so i'm drinking a cocktail that i made for a cocktail of the week for my bourbon podcast <laughs> <laughs> I did not know you had a bourbon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sipping on that right now. <laughs> I gotcha. All right. So I think that answers part of my question about the culture, uh, the drinking culture. You're right. You, I guess you, could drink, you do drink it all. Uh, let's talk then about the breweries. It, if somebody's like me, if Patrick and I went to Chicago and we're trying to scope out the newer breweries that are doing interesting stuff that people don't know about so much, uh, who would you send us to? Um, 
Okay, first of all, if you come, you either you better drive. <laughs> uh, or okay. um, phase three is doing great things. They bought a they bought their brewing now out of Lake Zurich. Um, Hoplitcher is always doing some great stuff. I love their IPAs. Um, Maplewood, as I've you know said before. Um, let's see here. Mars is doing great. I haven't been a pilot yet, but I heard you know some okay things about that. So I you know, I want to check it out for myself. But I'm not going to discount anyone. Um, All right, well, hold, hold on. Let's go back to these. Let's phase three. Tell us about phase three. Phase three. Oh, the first one you mentioned. Okay, so phase three. When they hit the scene here in Chicago, um, they were, you know, it's like every time you turn around, they had a new beer coming out. And at first, I was on a fence about these guys because it seemed like, oh, oh my god, they're pushing out all these beers. And at one point in time. It's like they was pushing the same beer in a different can. I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, are y'all really just doing this? But as time has, you know, gone on, they have really just, you know, stepped up like so much. Like I'm getting so many different flavors in every different beer that that I've had from them, like pixel dense, density. And then like I one of my favorite ones was the cream, the creme, which I just recently found out. It's like seven different variations of that beer. Like, what the heck? You huh. know what? Now I have to, now I'm on a hunt to find the other six. <laughs> <laughs> so is this you a know, brewery that makes a lot of, are these hazy IPA type beers? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're doing some good stuff. And then, uh, then you have microphone that's up in the Northwest suburbs as well. They're doing, they have, they make good IPAs as well. Uh, far stouts here. Oh, that's a tough one because Marty Scott over at Revolution, he just really knows his way around a bourbon barrel. So <laughs> um, they make some really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, so Chicago is where apparently, as far as everyone knows, uh, bourbon barrel aging started at Goose Island. So is, is I mean, we most most cities have a pretty strong tradition of barrel aging at this point, but mm-hmm. uh, does Chicago kind of take have some pride in that, that, that this is a, a thing that they did first. Yeah, we did it first, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm missing Fobab this year. I I hate that we're going through this. I mean, have you guys ever been to Fobab? No. No. You know what Fobab is? No. No. <laughs> oh, what you, you want? Okay, so in 2021, oh, now that the madness is over, usually around November, like the second or third weekend of November, there's, it's called a Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers. Oh, okay. It's, right. It's usually on a Friday and a Saturday. Um, it's two sessions each day. And when I tell you, that is, that's like one of my favorite parties in Chicago to hit up because people are bringing the heat. They're bringing their best barrel-aged beers to this party. That sounds fantastic. So that, yeah. Is it like local, mostly local breweries or is it a national thing or... We've gotten we we've gotten breweries from the West Coast. Like um, I was put on to oh god, this is what I drink and it's coming in at. <laughs> oh my god, it was so, I can't even think of the name of the brewery that I was put on from 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 California. And uh, Brandon from Black Beer Drivers, he sent me a couple of bottles of their beer, and I can't even think of the name of the brewery right now. But um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it's, it, it, it's not just local chicago beer it's anybody who wants to participate gotcha well, that sounds fantastic yeah so uh we didn't when we did this in san diego I didn't ask about festivals so uh barrel age festival that sounds cool what other kind of festivals you got in chicago um 
microphone was going to have a festival this year that didn't um, kick off. Um, I didn't, I wasn't sure if Half Acres was going to do theirs this year. Um, I heard, you know, yes and no's. Um, Dark Lord Day from, this is Chicago land because now, because technically Dark Lord, I mean, Three Floyds is in Munster, Indiana. Right. But they're still considered to be Chicago land area. Dark Lord Day, I went to for the first time last year. Man, that was a beautiful mess. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful mess. Oh, man. It's, everything people had told me, I thought that maybe they were exaggerating. No, it was not an exaggeration. It was actually up by 10 because, you know, Dark Lord Day, Dark Lord comes out once a year. Uh-huh. And it's really not even so much about that beer in particular. It's, the, it's like one huge bottle share. So people are coming in with like 10, 15 bottles of their beer. And they're just sharing, you know, sharing, you know, they allow you to bring in other beer. You're sharing them around. And you people are pretty actually getting drunk while standing in line. right (laughs) that's how crazy it is and uh have you been to that recently because i know a number of breweries have done that in the past and they seem to uh there seems to be less excitement around those kind of releases is it still a a big deal it's a huge deal here yeah i mean people look forward i mean like i said i think people look more forward to the party and stuff than the actual beer right because because we've you know my first year i as i was walking from the parking lot to get in line, people who I didn't even know, and who didn't even know me, they hey friend, and you want a beer? I'm sitting, I'm standing off to the side, drinking with people like two hours before I even get into the actual, you know, party itself. And there people just walking up, just sharing their beer. It's just, it's just a fun vibe. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. How are things changing in in Chicago in terms of beer? Uh, it, you know, it, I, it makes me think of how uh, we used to have events like that. There's a brewery here called Hair of the Dog that used to do releases that were quite popular. And it's really changed. So, you know, in the last few few years, how have you seen Chicago change? Um, You know, I think Chicago, we just, they just, the breweries here just try to find new ways to amp it up. Not, not for, you know, the beer itself, but just to kind of keep that vibe going, you know, give you something to look forward to, you know, um, it's, they always try to make it bigger than, you know, than the year before, which is great, you know, because it grows. We have people coming in from not only different states like Dark Lord Day. There are people who were here from Germany and France who mm-hmm. flew in just for those two days, mm-hmm. just for that one day, because Dark Lord Day is only one day. So, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's, it's, they just try to, you know, make it as fun as possible, you know, you know. I would like one thing I will say, I do appreciate the online releases now, especially when it's during the colder weather. I don't want to stand outside during the cold weather trying to get beer. (laughs) Yeah, in Chicago, that makes sense. Yeah. Let me order my beer and I'm going to pick it up. I'm good. (laughs) You mentioned that phase three was making a bunch of hazy IPAs. I assume hazy IPAs are a big deal in Chicago now. They're a big deal everywhere. Is Is that a fad there as well? Very huge here. They are huge. <laughs> they are, when I say huge, hazy IPAs are just like the pickle beers took off in Texas. <laughs> they're <laughs> hazy IPAs are huge here. I'm not so aware of the pickle beer in Texas story, but that's that's something we'll investigate separately. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that one. Uh, <laughs> 
Aside, so what else is popular in Chicago? Chicago, of course, way back in the day yeah, was a famous like lager brewing. You know, a lot of Germans and Poles there making lagers. Uh, what, what, what? Besides hazy, what what are breweries specializing in? Well, honestly, I'm going to say the between Dovetail, um, between Dovetail and and Metropolitan, they are doing the lagers and okay. they're doing them. They're doing them hard. I mean, you may have some of the other breweries they may do a lager here and there, but they're not doing them like Dovetail and um, Metropolitan. So if you really want a good, crisp lager, definitely between those two breweries. Cool. Mm-hmm. You've, you've mentioned stouts a couple of times. Are Porters and Stouts still popular in Chicago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for some reason, people get the idea that stouts are seasonal. I don't know who told people that because, like, me, I'll drink a stout on a 90-degree day on a beach. <laughs> good, it's good. I'm just going to drink it, you know. So um, stouts here, are, are they're, they're huge, um, especially they tend to take off, true enough, more so in the wintertime. But, you know, hey, if I if I come across a good stout in the summertime, I'm drinking it. <laughs> Excellent. That's cool because uh, the Northwest used to be a big – dark ales place and it's not anymore it's really hard to find those even in winter you're likely to only find one tap that's got uh, a porter or a stout any place you go so i'm glad to hear chicago still keeping that trend alive mm, most definitely what else so we've at, we've talked about the breweries we have talked about old breweries new breweries tell us a little bit more about other activities or uh, things that are going on there that we should know about well, you know, right now everything is kind of on lockdown. Right. But, yes. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine we're past the virus. Yeah. Um, if somebody was to come and visit Chicago, I'm going to tell you definitely do not come in the summertime. I mean, no, come in the summertime. Summertime Chicago is dope because at that point it's so much to get into. You have so many festivals. You have it's more of the neighborhood festivals like you have the Italian fest, you have the Greek fest, you know, you have the Asian fest, and you. It's, it, it depends on which neighborhood that you're in. And then you have breweries there kicking off their individual parties. Um, you have Navy Pier. And then one of the biggest reasons to come to Chicago is the food. We have amazing food here. Uh-huh. You're going to get everything here. It doesn't matter. Like like I said, where I live at, I live in so in a very diverse neighborhood. So I'm getting Ethiopian food. I'm getting, like right down the street from me, it's what they call Little India. The whole street of Devon, you have these the mom and pop Indian um, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Then you have, you know, of course you have Chinatown, and then you have a little village, which is a highly, you know, hi- Hispanic neighborhood. And then uh, it's, it's, it depends on what it depends what you're in the mood for. Nice. So it's not all just deep dish pizza. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And you know what? It's so funny. I mean, I may eat a slice of deep dish, but I'm not like a huge fan of it. And then don't let anybody fool you and tell you Giordano's is where you No, Giordano's is not where it's at. <laughs> okay. Giordano's well, is a chain. Tell us where it's at. Um, okay. So you have far as you have Pequots. Um, that that's pretty cool. A lot of people rave about it. I'm not gonna discount it. It's not my jam, but a lot of people rave about it. Um Pizano's is good. Um, Salerno's up here by me. And tells it's the mom and pop piece of places yeah. that really gives it that character, not the, not the chain. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That's always the way. Patrick, 
Yes. I've, been, I've been dominating the conversation. What you have other questions? We're getting a little close on time here, so I want to let you in. Yeah, that's no, that's all right. I've been enjoying the conversation. Uh, I just had speaking of restaurants, I just had one other sort of question about the the beer scene. So now, if you if you uh, uh, sort of similar to my tavern question, I guess. Sorry, um, but if you if you go to a restaurant, do you have a, a good selection of beers now that you can uh, pair with uh, food? Is it uh, is it reach that level? Um, no, we it depends. <laughs> no, no. If you really want the food and the beer to go hand in hand, you need to go to the actual roof. You need to go to roof up. Right. Um, the dining experience, I'm going to say, is Band of Bohemia. You're not going to find their beers outside of their um, restaurant because yeah. their beers are brewed specifically for their tasting experience with the food. Now, um, but other than that, you may have, you may find a restaurant that may have some Goose Island 312. Right. You know, but yeah. yeah, it's not going to be. Now, we haven't gotten there yet. And, and I, it's so funny because whenever I'm out somewhere, when I, I will go out somewhere, it's like, who's your beverage manager? We need to have a talk. <laughs> we need to have a know? talk, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So you mentioned Band of Bohemia. That's the, the, that that gastropub that has a Michelin star or something like that is that right? Yep, yep, that's it. So that hasn't that has not. It seems like that would have created some energy for food and beer pairing. It sounds like it hasn't really spread beyond that place. Well, see, with that one, that's a different type of experience because it's not because of the type of food that they serve there. Like you going, I think the difference for those who really are into the whole beer thing. Um, Basically, when you go there, you better be prepared to drop like a couple of hundred dollars for dinner. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really hitting that crowd. Like <laughs> you go there, you experience it once, and you're fine because it's not a beer that you're going to find outside of that restaurant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you pay a lot for that Michelin star, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we would love to continue to talk to you for another 42 minutes, uh, but we are on a little bit of a time pressure here. So I will thank you for that. Unless you have any closing comments, any hot tips at the last before we say goodbye. I mean, I just live life and drink good beer. (laughs) Absolutely. And on that note, why don't you plug some of the stuff you're doing so people can find you? Well, you know, they can always catch me on all the social medias, you know, cracking jokes at Afro beer chick, um, even on the website, afrobeerchick.com. And then also check out, um, my husband and I's bourbon and whiskey podcast called The Neat Pour, which you, I just posted a new episode. Like, nice. That is great. Say, say it again. I kind of missed it. It's called The Neat Pour. The Neat Pour. Oh, that makes all kinds of sense. <laughs> it's a good name for a bourbon podcast. And your and your beer podcast is... Uh, oh, this Chick Talks Beer. This Chick Talks Beer. All right. Yeah. And I, I do encourage people to listen to that. It's, it's great. You're... Uh, you have a very personal style. It feels like you're overhearing the conversation. It feels very intimate, and I love listening to it. So keep that up. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate this, and I hope this virus ends sometime, and we can maybe actually come to Chicago and have a beer with you. That would be fantastic. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Now it's time for the mailbag. Jeff? Do we have any mail back this week? <laughs> we do. We've been begging people. To, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we've been begging people to send us mailbags, and, and, and they've come through. And John Hubble of Washington, D.C. sent us one that 
in, made me had me rolling on the, the floor. It really cracked me up. Um, <laughs> you're going to come in for a little hell here. I apologize, uh, Patrick, but bring it on. It's uh, it's all good radio. So here we go, John Hubble. Uh, we get that Patrick has become scared of alcohol and beer, but please stop attributing it to age. I'm five years older than both of you. My tastes have skewed to higher alcohol as I as I have aged. Uh, that says more about you than me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you'll have your chance for a rebuttal. Pipe down. <laughs> Body and mouthfeel are important attributes of beer. Now that we have uh, 7 to 9% double IPAs, full flavor and body, uh. more pr- traditional 6% levels of IPA usually come off as watery and thin. There's a reason Heady Topper is 8%. So Yeah, and that reason is like 21-year-olds who want bang for their buck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that it's not just age. Maybe it's just me. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just scared of alcohol, but wait a minute. I'm gonna. I, I want to. I'm gonna throw in a little. Um, a little rebuttal. Not from me though, because let us drink beer at let us drink beer. That's all I know. They're a person in Georgia, who writes about beer. Tweeted and said, just caught up to our our podcast about Wayfinder beer. That was a few few podcasts ago, and says, and yes, beeronomics. It is age. Ha! There you are. So there you go. So fight it out, people. Actually, that's a good question. So another good sort of mailbag. My hypothesis is that um, as I get older, I like lower alcohol beers, and I suspect that that is a function of my age. It's also true, however, that I never was a really big, big beard fan anyway. So it could just be me. What do you think, Jeff? I think, yeah, I believe that with you it is age and that I could imagine different people's course of life take them a different way. I know that uh, I have a friend, Dan, uh, who his to- his alcohol tolerance has gotten pretty high, and uh, he likes stronger beer just because he likes that little tickle at the back of his neck and base of his skull, uh, and it's harder to, harder to get it when you... It takes a, <laughs> it takes a big wallet to, <laughs> yeah. to arouse that, that sense. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll be interested to know what people, uh, what people think. Um, uh it could also be, you know, like I get sleepy real easy. So maybe I'm just like a lethargic person in general. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more in your camp for sure. Uh, also because, uh, yeah, it, 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 it tends to affect me more and I'm busier in life. So I, the truth is, uh, maybe John's retired, uh, an early retiree. He's only five years older than us. So he's not quite retirement age, but, um, who knows, man, once I'm retired, maybe, then, then all bets are off. Huh? That's right. Release the hounds. <laughs> you don't need any productivity anymore. Exactly. Uh, all right. So the next mailbag. Anyway, thank you, John, for uh, for that. Yeah. Stir uh, the pot. Let's let's hear from the folks. What do you guys think? Greg Mumi of unknown origin. Yeah. Has no. There's no location here. Wrote and said, just following up. Have you tried the Rogue Rogue from Newport, Oregon? Bat Squatch yet? Belma hops in there. So apparently another Belma. Have you had that, Jeff? I have had that. Yes. Oh, all right. Uh, you tell. It is hazy. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's interesting. Rogue quietly introduced this hazy and it wasn't, I don't know, didn't seem to get a ton of fanfare, but it's been a, I think it's been quite a popular beer. And I learned about it from my friend, Sean, who has a mixed relationship with IPAs, but he really loves it. And it is a soft, balanced, I would, I would say relatively low impact hazy. Like it's not over mm-hmm. the top in terms of crazy flavors. Uh, mm-hmm. it's going, it's going much more for a sessionable, uh, you know, you buy a six pack and you have 
uh, actually, I can't remember how strong it is. So I don't want to say you have two or three. It could be eight uh, <laughs> percent. But anyway, uh, it's it's really it's really pleasant, uh, easy drinking one. And I did not know Belma hops were in there, Craig. So now I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find them. I'm now I'm curious to see. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my question. Did yeah. You? I did you pick those out. It's possible that uh, now back to last week we asked uh, we were asked how you uh, how you identify hops and one way is if you can identify something very explicit that you believe comes from a hop and then you find that hop in another beer can you find that same flavor well right. that strawberry note that we we tasted in Belmont before is the thing that I associate with it so I'm going to go back and have a bat squatch and see if I can find the strawberry. Yeah, and what's interesting at least in my experience with the Vega is that it's ephemeral that it doesn't it doesn't stay I and mean, of course each beer is different the sure. way they use it might might cause it to last but but i felt that it faded quickly i, I had i i bought a i think two two four packs of 16 ounce so I, you know and i never have more than one of those and the strawberry uh, to me faded um through the the time i went through those beers ah that- Good to know. I was at Ecliptic uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one of the best protocols of any place in the city. Uh, you sit outside and really good. So I re- recommend it if you're squeamish about where you go, uh, Ecliptic's doing doing it. They have a new batch of 7-Hot, and they told me that it was the only one of the, these versions that they made a second batch. But they also have a, a new version of Vega in there. It's number eight and it has mm-hmm. all new hops and it's very different. It's not a hazy. It's It's got quite a bitter kick, but it's got really unusual hop character. It's also quite remarkable. So give that a look. It's nice. got, yeah, back to that, that question we had last week, it had many un, unusual and off the grid flavors. And I want to go back and just start that matching process. Look at those hops, try to figure out what flavors they were and, right. and then, and then go forward. So that's, that's, it's a fun process to try to figure out hops, but um, yeah, yeah bre- breweries like Ecliptic that are going for highlighting them makes it a little bit easier for us to try to figure them out. So great. Cool. Cool. Beans. Well, and, I'll try, Greg. and I'll try bat squatch as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely, I don't have to look for that. It's been a while since I've had a rogue beer actually. Well, it's my yeah it's my fault so uh john and greg thank you very much for writing in and the rest of you please do send us your questions comments suggestions uh and in fact a few words going out please subscribe on apple soundcloud spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate us five stars please that helps other listeners find the show uh we'd love to hear from you so please send your questions or comments to jeff at beervanablog.com or you can find us on twitter at beervanapod Jeff blogs at the Beervana blog, and he tweets at Beervana. And Patrick tweets at Beernomics. All right. Uh, we have nothing to cheers with, so we'll just say uh, thank you once again to Shalanda for introducing us to the amazingly vibrant beer scene of Chicago, the Windy City. Yes, indeed. Chicago. Spent I spent a fair amount of time in Chicago growing up in Wisconsin. I, I you know I would say go Bears. If it were any other city, I would say go whatever. But I can't oh. I can't say go Bears. Oh, yeah, don't dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> go pack. Go pack. Sorry. If you're Shana. in Chicago, you, you just make the trek up. You know, don't even bother. <laughs> the Bears. Uh, all right. Well. All right. Uh, cheers. In any case, Patrick. Yeah. Cheers to you, Jeff. All right. Bye. Bye.